is nice. I like this. This is nicer. What is that seat? That seat feels pretty good over there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. A little pink for my my liking, but you know, it is what it is. It is. It is what it is, Ricky. And what it mm. is is amazing. It's amazing to see <laughs> you sitting over there. It's so much better. I'm telling you, so much better than seeing that piece of shit the alpha don't even want to show up. Hey. Anybody who doesn't show up to this goddamn stream. You know what I'm saying? Anybody. Just, mm. Where where were you last week, Ricky? I had to work. Uh, my other mm -hmm. job yep. made me stay after. Well, Rick, <laughs> if you ever got that sponsorship from Corn, if you just talk to me, I'll hook you up. And then you'll have a never-ending supply. Never-ending supply of money. Because <laughs> Corn pays by the hour and by the pound. Oh, by the pound. Yes. Now, Ricky, we are on episode number 31. We've been doing this for 31 weeks. Can you believe it? No, no, I can't believe we lasted this damn long. 31 <laughs> weeks. 31. Wow. And uh, breaking news here, the Alpha's been fired. Ha! He's out. He's done. He's done oh, for. Is that, mm -hmm. is that from the CEO? Is that from the CEO? I don't know. I'm just I'm just wishing. I'm just wishing. Oh, I'm just come on. I'm just joshing you. <laughs> just joshing you. So uh Ricky, did you get a chance to watch yourself some AEW? You know it, brother. You know it. I I couldn't I couldn't watch it all in one chunk like I normally do, mm -hmm. but this this was definitely a pretty damn good show. I, if I do say so myself, they no. never disappoint. They don't. They don't. And we talked a lot last week about how they just jump right into this five on five matchup last week. And what did they do to us this week? They just jump right in six on six. We got a six on six, 12 man team action going on. Wow. I thought I JR mean, was going to have a conniption because there wasn't a second referee. <laughs> but, uh, now, now, Ricky, I want to talk to you because last week I had a feeling. And okay. I was pretty strong on this feeling. I think we talked about it a little bit. I'm going to make myself a drink while I chat with you. Because I'm thirsty. And so, oh, liquid yeah, so, corn. <laughs> so, liquid corn, that is corn starch, a lot of it uh, straight. So, last week, I don't know if you recall me saying that they, I felt like there was just something off in the locker room. Do you remember that? A little bit. Now, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe I was just seeing things, just hearing things. Um, I don't think that's the truth. I think the truth is that there was some animosity. And I think now, after seeing this last night on Dynamite, I think mm -hmm. it's safe to say we know what that animosity could have been. Now, when you're not the writer of the show or the producer of the show and you're just a wrestler just to show up and do your thing kind of guy, mm -hmm. when do you think you find out about future storylines? Day of. Day of or week before, right? Yeah. And uh, information leaked about... Uh, this here storyline going on between uh, the debate with uh, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, and that, that mm -hmm. information did leak. That information did leak. Ooh, we got ourselves a, a glass. We got ourselves oh, a glass. I like the window. Just keep the window. You like the window up there? I'm going to fix sure. that. You see the whole sportatorium. Yeah, fuck that sportatorium. We need AEW on there. And so, <laughs> so we know the information leaked that Eric Bischoff yeah. was going to be the, the moderator. And I am wondering, 
Rick, do you think that that could be what said everyone? I never said that the show was bad or people performed bad, but I did feel like there was some level of something going on. And I still feel that way. And I believe that they were told behind the scenes as a group, don't get your panties in a bunch, but we got ourselves Eric Bischoff coming in to AEW next week to do this debate. And I bet that made a lot of people uncomfortable and a lot of, of people thinking, oh, fuck. Same old, same old. Uh-huh. So let's talk about it. There's no, there's no doubt that Eric Bischoff has made a lot of money for wrestling, right? There's no doubt that Eric Bischoff has come in and done some amazing things. Uh, NWO would never have been the as big as it was without his guidance. Um, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof, right? Uh, but but the whole Monday Night Wars was because of his tenacity, Bischoff's uh, level of how far he was willing to go along with the writers that helped him get there uh, and the wrestlers who performed to make it work. Okay. So how do you feel my about... My personal feeling about this is that Eric Bischoff was irrelevant. He didn't need to show up. They could have gotten anybody to do this they don't need to get a big star to do this. Yep. His his role was inconsequential, to be perfectly honest. I mean, yep. he, he doesn't, it, it didn't matter. And, and I like how they did this storyline, too. But I'm going to say, on that point, on the fact that he doesn't matter, um, yeah. do you think that things might have changed due to animosity in the back? And do you think... It, he was originally meant to matter. Think, because I think it felt that, very awkward, that whole segment. It was an awesome segment, but the segment itself even played off kind of weird in that Bischoff was highly reserved and inconsequential, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I think, I think once the... I think they leaked it on purpose, to be perfectly honest to see where mm-hmm. people felt on it because they didn't have a crowd reaction to go off of. So yeah. you're going to leak that and see where they go. But it's when I, when I read it, when I read it, I was, I was uh, annoyed to be honest. I was completely uh, disappointed when, when I heard yeah, about it. Me too. That annoyed and disappointed because one of the things that I've, I've said a lot about AEW is that they've done an awesome job getting to where they are. And, they got here with the baseline of wrestlers that most people didn't even know with a handful of people who do, who did. And now I kind of tragic coming on in here. Want to get a bit, a bit of this. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's all well and good. He's welcome to try. <laughs> the only reason he's getting a pass is because he did a little bit of rattling bog, a little bit of request for some rattling bog. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that happen. So iconic. You get a you get a pass. Jimmy T comes from the Rattling Bog, so you know, I hope. But uh but in reality here, um I think Bischoff couldn't have done a better job of being inconsequential. Like he did his part without causing a fire. And I feel like he knew he was on some rocket, you know, some thin ice. Oh, he had to have seen the backlash. Mm-hmm. And I felt sure. almost bad for him based off of that. Like, just seeing how he was on the show, it felt like, 
something. You know, I, I just I honestly feel vindicated after last week. I was I was saying, and I think this was it. I think there were definitely hesitations. I think people, um, the smaller crowd who have never made it big, because of people like Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon. Those are the people who yeah. are going, what the fuck? Again, you're going to just bring in Bischoff and it's all over from here on out, I bet. And I know, you know as soon as I seen it, heard it, I felt the disappointment. And my first thought was, we don't want AEW to be WCW. And correct. that's yeah. what Eric Bischoff was. He was WCW. And I know they're trying to pull in that higher demographic with the older guys. But, I mean, come on, man. That's... There's a better way to do it. There's a way better way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you could have gotten anybody, anybody else to do this. The only way Eric Bischoff sustains as a legitimate factor here is actually there's no there's no there's no way actually I can't even think of a because pro- I was going to say oh you put him in to get squashed or you know because Bischoff no. taking TV time at all away from somebody else who deserves it is exactly why I believe there's animosity out there. People don't want people don't want him there. I think the fans would tune in to see why. But at the same time, I'm glad they made it inconsequential. I'm glad it was just a little thing that they did. And I hope that it's behind us and I hope we never see him again in AEW. Yeah, I agree completely. But my question Still, want, I'm still wondering why was the decision made to to make to 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 bring him in? Like, he everybody knows that he doesn't have a very good rap. I mean, yes, he gets he made his his name off being a heel. We get that. I mean, that's that's what he does. So well, there they must also have been positive well, for him. He, like, he did the he did the it, podcast. Just, I don't know. I guess uh, Tony Khan and him did a podcast, so they probably hit it off, and were hoping to maybe get some cheap viewers. You know, some some they leaked it, like you said. I think they did, and um, yeah. just in reality, I believe that there was probably a level of, uh, you know, let's see if we can get a bump in the ratings because the ratings are doing really good. Um, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. But I also believe that him and Jericho probably had some level of a, uh, a friendship because Jericho was always a superstar to to Bischoff's eyes. So, oh, oh yeah, I mean, this when could have been Jericho a Jericho started. thing. So when Jericho started, he was he was touted as the small guy. He was the little guy back mm-hmm. then, and Bischoff was the only one to take a chance on him. I mean, he did some stuff in Japan, but Bischoff was the one to put him over. Yeah, and so this could very well have been that. It could have <laughs> been a situation where uh, Bischoff was getting a little redemption, a chance of redemption, and and that redemption came. In this segment where Bischoff was the host and the moderator of a debate between Orange Cassidy, who doesn't speak, and Chris Jericho, who speaks a lot, almost as much as Jimmy T. (laughs) Um, And since we're talking on this, I know it's I know this was uh, towards the end of the card. But what did you think of the debate? I I called it. I called it. And I'm going to say it right now. I said that Orange Cassidy is going to pull the old friends. I'm sorry, the old school gimmick. And he's going to deliver a fucking speech. I called that. Well, what this what what this was done? It was done very very. Uh, I wouldn't say masterfully, but it was done right. Yes. And 
for him to drop some knowledge on the environment before he gave the promo. That mm-hmm. that's what made it better. That's yeah, I mean, for those of you who, who haven't seen the uh, old school, there's a scene. You know, they go back to school, and there's a scene where Will Ferrell has to go in a debate against the guy James, uh, what's his face from Crossfire, debate specialist, and he gets yeah. up there and he blacks out and he delivers an amazing response and wins the debate. That's exactly what happened here. Um, it was a takeoff of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but Orange Cassidy also delivered it. One of the awesome things that I think that this did was it showed at a side of Orange Cassidy, his character that was masterful. And I think you used the right word. Um, it shows his lack of caring is calculated. And I think, yeah. I, you know, it, it, that, We've seen it, and obviously we've seen him wrestle against Pac and, and Jericho now, and he has some good moves. He can put on a good match. But this was a very well-done thing, in my opinion, with the gimmick to not overdo it. He could have sat there mute, or he could have surprised us and gone back and forth, but he has no care in the world to, to argue with Chris Jericho. He don't give a fuck about Chris Jericho. And when he's in the ring, he don't care about his opponent. That's the perception. That's the, That's what they're building off of. Is that all of this is a gimmick, and I love it. I, I tell you what, man. I, I just sitting here, sitting in this chair across from you, it's a nice experience. I've I, I noticed that you are a lot calmer today than than the oh, past Ricky. thirty weeks. I mean, that's because you and I have a rapport that goes on for a long way. I mean, all that <laughs> money exchanged, all those backroom talks we've had. Hooking up, you know. I mean, I mean. Well, I'm is, not supposed to talk about it here. But. I mean, this is this is not what I expected. I expected uh, a, a a little uh, animosity. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because I I don't know how you feel about all this other stuff. I'm just I'm assuming. There, man. <laughs> you look good. I like you in I like you in that shirt right there. Oh you yeah, yeah. It's not pulling them down the middle. Yeah. But uh. Well, I mean, it's it's the same as always, but uh, we don't have to pretend if you know what I mean. I hear you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, to to your point with uh, Orange Cassidy, I believe it is a calculated thing, but his character and his gimmick is so it, it it's how do I put this? It's have you ever heard the term "jumping the shark"? Yes. Okay. His his character is always on the verge of jumping the shark. Like it's mm-hmm. right on that edge of of where you you just be he can either be the best thing in the world or the stupidest thing in the world. Because I can't see if you explain if you explain his character to a non wrestling fan, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like, That's fucking stupid. Yeah, how long can you go how long can that go? I mean it's gone a year in the in the AEW now. He's still right. the biggest thing. He's been a big draw. How long can it really go? And it's he can't be changing it up every week, you know? Right. So I think programs for him are going to be very, very important. Uh, a long-term program with Jericho will help put him over, but at the same time, it'll allow him to grow so that in the next program he does with whoever it is, he can have that adaptation of himself and still fall back to the old stuff. Um, you know, we've seen it. He doesn't do the kicks in every match. Uh, you know, especially when he's in a tag match, he'll do it. Uh, well, he didn't do it a couple of times, uh, but he usually does. And, and it's much more reserved than the first couple of times. But now think about it. If he pulls that off against Jericho, 
and there's a crowd that can go, oh, oh, every time he pretends. He he doesn't have the crowd, and he's been pulling it off for half a year. Yeah, yeah. You know that what I mean? The crowd so, is going to be great for him. When the crowd comes back, someone like Orange Cassidy is going to be propelled. It's going to be propelled even further. And as long as you don't do it every single week and shove it down your throat like The Rock, which The Rock is dynamic, but The Rock had, you know, that that je ne crois or whatever it is. He come on out and he could do something different or the same thing and the crowd just went nuts. Well, Orange Cassidy doesn't have different. He just has Orange Cassidy. And there's only so many times you can do that without, uh, you know, it getting t getting old eventually. We say that, yeah. but again, here we are a year in, and we haven't even seen the pinnacle of what this man can do. And this debate, I think, was a perfect thing. He ended up talking. He ended up saying, this match is important. This match does matter, and I am going to defeat you, and this is one of the most important matches in your career because you're going to be the guy who lost to the guy who puts his hands in his pockets. And, and that's I thought, a good way. That, that's a good way to to make me want to watch this. Which mm -hmm. which that's the whole point of it. Also, I like how immediately they beat his ass afterwards. Oh yeah, I mean, they just that, took that, him out. That was fun to me. I mean, that's what you that's what you almost expected. It was like it was a good thing where you didn't need to swerve us for that. You knew it was coming. You wanted it coming, and you got it. And he sold it real good. I mean, he was out. <laughs> yeah, and, and so this was a little redemption for Eric Bischoff to come on out and say, uh, Orange Cassidy is the winner. You know, if there was a crowd, they'd be on his side. Like, yeah, that's awesome. And I don't know if you noticed, but the second his segment was over, he got up and he left. He hesitated, too. Like, he was like, should I go now? And they were like, yeah, come on. I watched that. I, I, Jimmy T looked at everything. So I'm looking at Bischoff walking down the aisle. He hesitated. He didn't want to leave because he wanted to be part of it. He enjoyed it. Yeah. And what we need in this industry is people like Bischoff wanting to be a part of AEW, but being told, no, this ain't for you. Thank you for your time. Come on in every once in a while. You know, give us validation. We don't need you booking anything. We don't need you talking and getting in the middle of fucking, you know, uh, any any storylines because guess what you've done it you had your chance you, you you wrote it out thank you for your time we have new people whoever's booking the shows right now tony khan himself is doing such a phenomenal job with this six on six tag to start the show rick you get action action, action. really good really good because that ring isn't that big enough for six on six and they no. they made it they made it work now couple things that happened in this matchup that I know you caught happened to do between FTR and uh, Mr. Page. Yeah. What'd, yeah. You notice, what'd you notice going on here? I noticed that they were the trio and the elite was another trio. Mm -hmm. like, uh, like they were working as a team and, and they made it so somebody got hurt. And, and, and once that person got hurt, he walked them out. He walked yep. with them. Did you see the the, the three-way figure four? <laughs> that was on its way and then never came? It never happened, but that was an interesting moment where they all looked at each other and all three wrestlers, Dax Harwood, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, Cash. Yeah, Cash Wheeler and uh, 
Hangman Page. Now, for those of you not familiar, Hangman Page tag team champion with Kenny Omega. They've had a lot of issues, a lot of back and forth. Okay, these two don't like each other sometimes, and sometimes they do. One drinks milk, one drinks beer, and there's yeah. a lot of animosity. Okay, another tag team called FTR. They come on into AEW, and they're taking a liking to Adam Page, giving him beers. He's drinking them. Hangman don't seem to enjoy this. A lot of, lot of crisscross. Now, right. special thing. Here we have this match, six on six, 12-man tag team matchup, and you got yourself the elite, including FTR versus the Dark Order. Kenny Omega's in this ring with team he hates. And then you got yourself Adam Page, tag team champion, going to do a in unison figure four leg drop or figure four leg lock with the other two people. And there's a lot of uh, emotion that goes into this because the figure four is Ric Flair's move. And Ric Flair was the leader of the four horsemen. And they have been hinting at the four horsemen coming back together using the FTR tag team as the baseline for a long time. It's almost like they've been talking about it for even longer than FTR has been around. And I think we have. Are you going no to give the fans what they want in this chat? No spoilers, please. Get your ass out of here. You're getting spoilers. You're getting spoilers uh, I, right now. Alpha wants to come on in here and chatty chat. But you're going <laughs> to hear about it. They yeah, did the, he should have got his ass up and, and, right. and did his job. <laughs> Alpha, I really hope, I really hope that uh, you're, you're feeling better, sir. We we love you here at Baby Page in the Hill, and uh, we want you to get your ass off and get on this TV screen. Yeah, yeah, you get up in the screen. I like this. I like this side. It's time. Oh, Mr. President. There With he this is. Hell appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that big time. So, so we're talking about this, right? So, the, the cool thing is they go to do this figure four, and it's just—I I think they're just continuing to drop a little bit of hints. But did you watch *Being the Elite* from last yeah, week? Rick? Yeah, I did. I did. did actually, you, did you see the, the part? Oh man, I love that. It's actually becoming part of the show. They're talking about it on on AEW now on Dynamite, and uh, awesome, Prez. Appreciate you. Um, and Prez. so. Uh, Prez, I'll so, try and talk him into that calendar for you, if you know what I mean. I think we can get Jimmy T doing a little bit of calendar, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You'll see some of that corn cob pipe, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so nasty. Um, but anyways, uh, so so the idea here is um, they did a little thing on being the elite. And, Ricky, if you if you saw it, the, the part with FTR talking to uh, Hangman and well, the, the, uh, the other members of this tag team here. And uh, Hangman asks um, uh, Dash Wilder, I believe, hold my belt. And this was very subtle, but Dash is sitting there holding the belt, the tag team title, and he's looking at it like, yeah. hmm. hmm. You know, he's got him thinking. And uh, and then he says to he says to Hangman Page, you look like a young Barry Windham. And they all <laughs> joke, no one knows who Barry Windham is. Oh, uh, yeah, we know who Barry Windham is. Yeah. He's a four horseman. That's, but, that's who Barry Windham is. But, you know, the, the funny part about that is that's who um, that's who Sean Spears is supposed to be. Right? He got the glove. Barry Windham had the glove. Yeah. And so maybe this is the swerve. Maybe this is the swerve is Adam Page. I don't know if he'd be right fit for a four horseman. I don't know. I mean... It, 
Again, we've been Adam talking about this. Someone that knows with this. I mean, he may, he messes meshes very well with these two guys in FTR. I mean, I mean, we just need one more person. And I'll tell you, and, if it's not because I've been I've been inking Sean Spears in as a, as a concrete set in stone. I think he's the swerve. And yeah. I don't think it's Cody. I don't think no. it would be right to be Cody. No, it's not. And I, it's got to be MJF. Uh-uh. It's, at this point, that's the flair. That's the flair. He's too pretty. Almost too pretty to be uh, this. They need, they need a, they need something else. I'm thinking... What about remember when we first started talking about this? Beery Winkham. Um <laughs> Brian Pillman. Oh, Brian Pillman Jr.? Yeah, 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 yeah. What about him? I mean I mean he's doing he's a little, things. But. Yeah, he's a little crazy, but I, maybe, maybe. I I just see if you want to throw this team together and have an impact, a moment of validity. It's the guy who cheats to win. Yeah, and that's MJF. That's MJ. He's now the you best listen. Young. I don't have a cut to go directly into my eyes, but I'm gonna talk to you right now, Alpha. I'm gonna talk to you pretty clear. You come <laughs> on in here, and you want to be a part of this show. Well, this guy over here filling in your shoes. Guess what? He had to get four sizes bigger, cause your shoes so damn small. Now, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky is the baby face. If I've ever seen a baby face. This chair pretty well, don't I? This is babyface and the babyface because you're the heel, and That's there ain't right. no referee. There ain't no need for a referee when you see how much we get along, and that's been happening ever since we started the Two Horsemen seven months ago. It was February first, and Ricky says to me, "What if we start the Two Horsemen?" And I said, "We can't tell Alpha about it," and here we are. Here we are. Here we are, the two horsemen. So, so real quick, I, think, I wanted to talk about more about this first match. I know yes. we were getting getting into the elite and everything, but before I forget, I have to I have to bring this up because I thought it was such a good spot. Did you see Evil Uno in this oh match grab that guy's leg yeah. and hand it to the referee so he could hold it? Yeah, he did that last week too. He did that last week where he uh, he swings, the referee grabs it, and then he fucking gives a, a neck breaker. Um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson's moveset have catapulted. I mean, since they've been gone, they since they've been back, better yet, their moveset has actually made me excited to watch them wrestle. Oh, um, yes, definitely, definitely. You know. They they have obviously put together a rain a, a string of things that they want to carry out in each match, much like any other tag team that wants to be a cohesive tag team, and it's done in such a way that um, I'm impressed, and not just silly impressed. I'm truly impressed. I'm like looking at this going, I can see these two being tag team champions. I can see it. I can see because they're, they're you know Stu Grayson is he's working overtime right now. Um, he's on being in the elite. That whole scene, that whole segment with Dark Order was hilarious. Uh, they're saying he's kissing ass way too much to Brody Lee, and uh, <laughs> you know that um, they have the two guys that fought. Uh, uh, they ended up fighting. Um, 
John so, Silver and Alex yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, those two, Silver and Reynolds, they can't keep a fucking straight face, which makes it even better. And, and to be in the elite, they're over here laughing at every fucking joke. Uh, Brody Lee is actually winning me over on being the elite because he comes in, he's just swearing constantly. What the fuck? This is fucking bullshit. And they're all laughing and he's trying to be serious. Um, oh, and I'm actually, yeah, I'm starting to like, understand a little bit the sense of humor you know you see a character on tv and it's a lot different than when you see him in real in real life and now you get to see them uh doing a little bit more and being the elite and i, I implore everybody to watch that show it's it's hilarious um and it's only about 20 minutes every week um but uh but yeah going back to this matchup here um the, the Stu and and uh Stu and Udo really had some awesome move sets and that was a key one um what did you think when Hangman clears the ring and asks for Brody Lee? I thought that was a powerful, powerful moment. It was very well done, and it sets up this feud for Paige when he goes mm -hmm. and turns on Omega or vice versa or whatever. Yep. I think that 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 plus the finish of this match yeah. was done very, very well. I mean, I mean Brody Lee almost killed him with that clothesline. Yeah. It wasn't a close on. It looked like a punch from hell. <laughs> he did. He hit him with this side of his hand right he there. He did. Just... And, and Hangman does. He knows how to move in that ring. Um, but that was a great ending. You had Cole Cabana come in with that Chicago skyline, which is one of the most dangerous maneuvers I've ever seen. I'd love to see him give that to the Alpha just to practice a couple of times, make sure he gets that good. And drop him right would on. Would gladly take it. Because mm. he was kissing his ass so much. He is. <laughs> Where's Coco Ben? So, the, you know, the thing is here. Um, <laughs> thing is, Coco Bana did a really good job in this matchup playing the part. He actually started to get aggressive. And towards the end, when they won, I don't know if you saw it, but he was like, you could tell in the, the acting aspect of what he was doing, he was starting to feel part of the team. And he was doing oh, this. Yeah. Did you see it at the end? He, he was like, he, he went like this and then like yeah and he like pulled it back like yeah and so i really like how uh colty colty is uh what do we call him colty what's his nickname colty 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 colton colton i like how colton uh adapted here and he's really uh starting to pick it up with the dark order and uh who knows who knows what's going to happen but um Young Bucks came. I mean, every team kind of had their moments in this matchup, but it really came together to nicely uh, to end it off with Brody Lee getting that clothesline from hell uh, to, to the hangman and to get the pin over top of the hangman and yeah. to have hangman almost take out Omega one more time. And the only reason he didn't is because the Dark Order pulled Omega out from underneath the ring. They did it really softly, too, like they were taking care of him. I know. I You know, that's another thing. Um, what if Omega joins the Dark Order? Ooh. And I'm not I'm not saying that as a joke. There was some hints. There's a couple of hints, and Brody Lee said in the being the elite something about it. Um, and Cole Cabana and Brody Lee do have a little history. Uh, I could see. I don't think it would be a smart move at all, but that would add some validity to this fucking <laughs> this team if they if they take apart the elite. Uh, I could see that being interesting, especially with the way Omega has going darker and darker and darker. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be something to see. Like, I think I think in order for Kenny to get on the Dark Order, he would have to take somebody out 
of the Dark Order because yeah. that that faction pretty big. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, with um, with uh, the you saw did you see the fight with uh, Anna J and um, Tamara, whatever her name is, Tecanti, Tecanti, better known as the hottest tag team in the history of tag teams. There ain't, there ain't nothing. Going, they're gonna win. Yeah, I mean, they, and they should. The way, the way now this was on the deadly. What is it? The deadly uh, draw. Yeah, they just so, did a Monday night. Monday night during Raw, they did a fucking uh, show on YouTube. Right. Yeah, and, and it was smart as hell. And they put the hottest two girls that have ever stepped into the ring together. And I mean, this is a tag team made from heaven right here. Uh, or or hell, I mean dark order, right? Now, I I stand by. I think I I think it would be hilarious if these two women ran the dark order and put Brody Lee in. I said the last week, I think, but put him in uh, a fucking chains that made him crawl around on his hands and knees. If the I would take it. I I would take. Imagine that. If Brody oh, Lee, st- imagine if Brody Lee still ran the dark order, like he's the boss man. But these two girls have the power over him to put him in a fucking ball gag and he's crawling around on his hands and knees. But then they're laughing and he stands up and he fucking flips out on them. And they're like, what, uh-huh. what the fuck is what? This is weird. And the, the two <laughs> girls, the two girls control him. Part of a left turn, Jimmy. Too hard. Too hard. No, th- this is Tony Khan written all over it. I'm telling you right now, Tony, you can have that one for free. Tell you what, um, Anna Jay and Tay Conte. Or Tecanti, they have a new tag team name. They call themselves uh, Pretty Fierce. Really? That's what. Yeah. So, because okay. I follow, I follow Tay on on um, one of social media things. Why, why would and you do that? Why would you do that? Why would I do that? Why would you follow her? Because <laughs> she's a judo black belt. Uh-huh. That's why. That's why. And did you, <laughs> mm-hmm. did you see? <laughs> well, I'm gonna follow her for her. Motives, Jimmy. I'm gonna follow her for her wrestling skill sets, and <laughs> we'll call that a day. <laughs> oh shit! Although All she right. does, she's a good wrestler. I mean, she is. She did. She, she sold. She's good. And I'm glad she, she don't have that gimmick of freaking out and being a, a, a heel. She has to be a good guy. She has to be. But not a good guy. But a, but not the character that you're supposed to hate. You don't want to hate her. You, you you know, you know what I mean. You, I don't. You could hate her. I could see them being hate, but not in not at in that light that they were portraying when they beat up Nyla and uh, Cameron from fucking WWE. beat Nyla Rose. Did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming. I didn't see it either. I saw it from a mile away. Ha! But do you, I don't like that girl Cameron. I just no, she's no good. She's no good. But um. But this was just a super interesting moment where on a on a whim they put together a little card, they played it on YouTube, and they got uh they got some good draws, but it got a lot of attention. People were really worked up over this tag team. And yeah. it's things like this that are gonna make AEW continue to grow and continue to rise and continue to compete. I agree with that one. So now that being said what, match of this match in AEW Dynamite. I wanna say I wanna jump to that real quick. So which which Santana, match are you talking about? Or, okay. Huh? Yeah, I was going to say, which match are Santana, powerful? Santana, OPAs, and Best Friends, or taking on Best Friends. Mm-hmm. 
now I like the match. I like the chemistry. And I knew who was going over in this match. Did you? I wasn't he, sure. I assumed, but I wasn't sure. I just didn't like the way it, I didn't like the surprise roll up. I think that I, you got to get a better move than that to, to end a match. It was Chuck E. T, right? That got the roll up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of his gimmick. It's kind of Chuck E. T's thing. Now, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But Chuck E. T actually had some notes that he's. They had a really good start. Him and Santana started off with a lot of good actual wrestling repertoire. And I think that, uh, you know, classic stuff, the lock-up and the roll-around and the twist-arm thing. And, you know, I don't know the terminology. I don't need to. All I know is it looked good. And it was surprising to me that Chuck T was the one pulling it off. And it was a good series of events. He had some great offense. And I know last week, week before, we talked about how Jericho was joking or was, was shooting on not really caring for Chuck T and his character. Uh, that man is the least likely to look like a wrestler out of anybody other than Marco Stunt on that roster. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he, like... And he, he did a great job yesterday. That match, while while not the most exciting match, I was glad to see um, a, a match that still carries out story, right? Because these two are going at it with the whole inner circle and best friends angle. Uh, but it also... It also, we need these matches where it's just a tag team versus a tag team. If everything yeah. is main event caliber and everything is pay-per-view caliber, then what are the pay-per-views going to be worth, right? And so right. it's it's good to see this, in my opinion, and I was happy to see uh, Best Friends get over. And I think for their, for their um, the quality of this tag team, I think Proud and Powerful should get to last laugh. I mean, and they did when they took out the... Uh, well, I'm talking about in the, a match. Like, they'll probably build this up to some kind of match at uh, um, the, the pay-per-view. All car out. Car match. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, talk about that a little bit. That was a pretty funny segment, I thought. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, so... So they walk out, or they go back in the back, and you, they get to the car, and they start beating the shit out of the car. And, Which was French Mom's no. van. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, it's they're like shooting on his mom, like Sue, Sue, come get your boy, or, or something like that. I mean, talking, talking shit on the on the man's mother. I mean, yeah, uh, you're crossing a line there, buddy. You and they know better. It. Being Latino, they they know they always talk about. Uh, you talking about my mama? Ortiz does it yeah. all the time. Uh, but uh, funny enough. The match of stipulations, they're going to fight again. And the stipulation is, if uh, if best friends win, they have to apologize to their mom via voice chat. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny stipulation for a match. Apologize, not pay for the whole thing. Just apologize. Yeah, I mean, you took... You, I did like the part where, you know, they get in there and they they come out or they come to the parking lot. They're beating on the windows. And they spray paint on the hood of the car. <laughs> they bash the windows in. They bash the headlights in. And, and then, then it they cuts leave. back to a commercial. And it comes back. The car's fucking gone. Cars, the tires are gone. The spray paint everywhere. The whole thing. It's like they had a team of 30 people come on out and destroy that thing. And that must have been the funnest 30 minutes of their lives, just trashing this car. Um, because it was a block. Fucking yeah. quit. <laughs> I thought that was a funny moment. Uh, but I, I love me Santana and Ortiz. Uh, I got the feeling 
actually. I got the feeling that, that they're going to do something. I mean, we always talk about it, but I, I really do believe that they're giving people creative control. And I think the only thing keeping the inner circle together is the popularity of it with Jericho. Um, but I really do believe we're going to see uh, the Santana Ortiz. Uh, I know Eddie got uh, signed on. What's his name? Eddie, uh, the guy who fought a couple weeks ago. Oh, Eddie Kingston. Yep, Kingston. He signed on permanently. I do not know Eddie Kingston. Don't know him. I don't know him. He just looks like a guy I worked at a gas station with or something, you know? Um, but no, I like him. I like him a lot. And uh, Diamante, part of that crew. And so I can imagine seeing a little, you know, pseudo-stable form. And that's what kind of happens when you have a, a couple of stables. I've read online people don't like the stable. Some people do. I'm a big fan of, of having, you know, in the real world, there are those silos and those segments of people who who, who adapt and become uh, groups. You know, it's the, it's the clicks. Deep, you know? Deep. Well, I'm just reading the script that Alpha sent me. <laughs> just read this word for word and don't go off script because the show oh, has to be oh. one hour, five minutes long or you're fired. And I said, you're fired. Get out. And he walked out. That's where he is. That's why he's in the chat. <laughs> That's why he's in the fucking chat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, the, the reality here is um, Ortiz and Santana, they, they go over as jobbers quite a bit. They don't get a lot of wins, uh, and I would like to see that happen. These two are dedicated. They're funny. They're really highly skilled, and they have a great team uh, moveset. And I, I would like to see a program between them and the Lucha Bros because I think, I, I think Proud and Powerful could be a good guy team, and I could see the Lucha Bros uh, taking over their spot as the Latina bad guys, if that makes sense. Hmm. Because that I think would, people, would be people want to cheer for Ortiz. Ortiz and Santana. I could see Santana being a, uh, you know, uh, kind of a dirty, a dirty baby face. Like, uh, you know, he'll still cheat to win, but at the same time, he's on the side of the good guys. And Ortiz is just so goofy and funny that uh, I could see the whole stadium going up for him. So I want to see that. They, so they have um, some good chemistry between most of the tag teams that they face. I don't see, I don't, you don't see them have a bad match. Never. You they also, always, yeah. Even when they had the solos matches and Santana was running some solo stuff, he was good. I mean, he was good by himself. So I want to ask you, uh, because we had a, a quick promo with MJF and they, they deferred to uh, him talking about uh, Darby Allen and he says, what if Darby wins tonight? Oh, the 125-pound emo kid? Yeah, that would suck. Because <laughs> uh, they confirmed that he's getting this matchup uh, at All Out. Uh, MJF's getting a world title shot. Uh, I find it awkward to this moment. And, and maybe this is why, because of the, the finish of the whole show. We'll talk about that at the end here. Um, but Moxley has never said MJF's name. You know what I mean? And so I, I guess the setup for the finale here of the, of the card was the reason to make him say his name. Uh, but uh, let's let, let's just talk about that. Like uh, that, this promo here was MJF just coming out and addressing that he's getting this title shot. And who could it and be? I it's like, either going to be. I like the angle that they're going through this with, you know, the presidential angle where mm -hmm. you, you see him, he's saying hashtag not my champion. He, he's like <laughs> running for, He's running for the the chance to lead the locker room or lead yeah. the, the company. And smart. before you were before you were like, okay, I can't see MJF getting a title run right away because he's he's new to the game. 
Yep. But after after last week's promo, which was done masterfully, that's how you do a promo. Last yep. week's promo, wow. Blew me MJF is on he truly is on such another level that when people are wondering why WWE is failing and, and having the issues, it's that connection. It's that connection with reality just enough to be able to hit the spots that really touch people's buttons. A lot of people hate Donald Trump. And so he's using that as an angle to make him a hated persona here in AEW. That's exactly what yeah. he's doing. And he's he's smart about it because he's not being Donald Trump. He's not even, you know, he's he's being a bad guy even to people who would support Donald Trump. But he's just using that as a baseline to get right. his message across to say, I'm the bad guy. He's establishing it before he even speaks. And then the way he talks to his interns and his people on his staff, um, you know, it's, it's, it's textbook, right? A lot of it is, is expected how he would act. Um, mm -hmm. You're fired. You're this, you're that. But at the same time, MJF is, is turning this into his own thing. And Wardlow's going to have enough. Now, I think if MJF is going to be the fourth horseman, which I, I hope that it is. Okay. This this is his last piece before we see him adapt to be able to be the four horse, fourth horseman. This is his ability to adapt so that it's not a joke when he is. If I think he's going to win the belt, personally. And I think yeah, he could win the belt nice. because of FTR and Hangman Page. Uh, right. If it's not MJF that's going to be the fourth horseman and build that stable out. And if they do go forward with it, I think it, it has to be Cody Rhodes at this point. Why, why are you so, why are you so pressed on Cody Rhodes? Just by the, what the, the story they're trying to tell. It's not that I want it to be. I'm just trying to read the story. And the story is Cody keeps doing the figure four. Cody keeps bleeding. Cody's not a good or a bad guy. He's fighting people that make you think he's going to, you know, He's fighting all good guys to kind of position himself to be a bad guy, but he's having a bad guy move set, and then he shakes their hand at the end. Um, he's got Arn Anderson as his manager. I think even if you go back to the beginning, if they were planning this out a long time ago, um, it, why was Arn Anderson his fucking manager? Unless, hold, on, hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. All right. And now you get yourself <coughs> the Jimmy Thompson five minutes of fame this is where jimmy t gets to come on out and tell you exactly how he feels so if you have any questions for jimmy t throw them in the chat and jimmy t will answer them and he will address them exactly as you would expect him to i'm waiting yes jimmy t loves gold okay uh every once in a while he'll dip his hands into a jar of nuts and he will grab the largest set of nuts he can. And sometimes those are golden nuts. You know, you just find a, you find a nut that's just perfect. That's the golden nut. And Jimmy T loves to nut. He loves a good whoa, nut. Whoa, you can't say that on Twitch. What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? You never had walnuts and pecans? Oh, oh yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. You ever just okay. you ever you ever toss them up in the air and try to catch them in your mouth? No. I mean, that's the Never best. Done. And then, and if someone ever just dangles their nuts right above you and you can just, <laughs> and you just catch those nuts right in your mouth. I mean, 
Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, like, it's fun to do. It's a game, you know? It's a game. <laughs> okay. For five seconds, and we get nuts. <laughs> it's a game. It's a game we play. It's a fun game. Uh, but the reality <laughs> is, uh, I don't even know where we were at. Oh, we were at uh, MJ. We were, we were at MJF's promo with this presidential and how he's going to – he's getting the the – the chance to take the belt off of Moxley, which I think he needs to do. Yeah. And, and I like what he said here, just because we get this opportunity, we don't stop campaigning. We're going to continue to campaign. We're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue and continue and continue. And, yeah. and it just makes sense that this is the direction that he's going. And I like, I like that you're saying that he's going to be part of the four horsemen and they've done teased it so much that they cannot, cannot um not do it now they have, they have to, to do it they have to and i'd love to see and i think if if hangman or ftr were to cost moxley the belt at the pay-per-view for it to be official but we would need something to happen next week to set that up because if it's just surprise mjf's also the fourth horseman uh, that wouldn't go but if next week maybe we see um, a Wardlow bump shoulders with FTR and have a look like fuck you what was that all about uh, maybe FTR takes Wardlow out next week and then MJF's like I don't have Wardlow from my pay-per-view where's Wardlow or hmm. or a Wardlow gets knocked out and we don't know who did it you know you set that little angle up who's the one who took out Wardlow where did he go and MJF saying do you know where Wardlow is and pretending to freak out just like he did against Cody MJF does that swerve where he pretends he pretended to be Cody's best friend and then he took the you know took that chance to to take the title away from him never have a title match again um right. MJF does those swerves so I can see those swerves coming and uh from a mile away because Jimmy T knows all <laughs> so what did you think about this Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara thing you know this was a wash in the pan absolutely nothing happened here it's not even worth discussing Get the fuck out of here. Ah, that's that's my MJF swerve. Did you feel it? <laughs> oh, you ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> that's the swerve right there. Uh, this this segment here, I love it. We've been talking for so long directed to Matt Hardy, and I just got to reach out right now. Matt, we don't know exactly who or how many of you are watching Babyface in the Hill. We know at least Cole Cabana has and was. Uh, but, uh, but I got to reach out to you directly. I'm going to say, Matt. I've always loved you. I appreciate what you're doing for us, and I know that you're listening to Babyface on the Heel. You spoke directly to us in your promo and in your talk on on uh, being the elite. And Ricky and I, and the Alpha, who's not here, I will speak on his behalf because I can. I am authorized to do so. We appreciate you taking us on our decision to dial it back. Okay, dial it back. You can bring up these guys again in the future. You'll have plenty of opportunity because you're going to lead this company, like you said. You're going to lead it to the top and the pinnacle. What you're going to do it is Matt Hardy because guess what? That's all you need. You are one of the best wrestlers to have ever stepped into that ring. Didn't you feel like he was talking to us when he made that promo? Oh, yeah, he was. I was like, is he talking to us? Because I really feel like it was like right after we got done saying Matt Hardy yeah. needs to dial it back, Matt mm -hmm. Hardy... You know, Matt Hardy is good as he is. He can mentor these kids yeah. behind the scenes. He doesn't have to do it in front of everybody. No, one thing we got to do, Rick, is is pay pay respects to the potential that it's not the wrestlers watching. 
okay? I understand that maybe these wrestlers are too busy. I know a couple of them have seen our shit. But the writers, okay? This goes out to the writers who got to, de to decide this. If it's not Tony Khan, it's the people who talk to Tony Khan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. And one of you is, and we know it. We know it. We know it to be true. And this week we want to give back and we want to say thank you. And we want to yes, say thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> we have a lot of ideas. You can reach out to us. You can shadow ghost us all you want. But we know you're there. We know you're watching right now. It might be you, MMA Marks. It might be Alpha leaking all this information. We don't know. It might be. It might, it might be Alpha. Be. Might be Prez. Might be this stream labs in the chat or stream <laughs> yeah. elements. One of you two. Yeah, I, tried talking to, I tried talking to him and nah, he, he don't, don't talk. talk. That could be he him. But uh, but I will say I felt like he was talking to us in this segment. I did. I mean, I was I, maybe there's a lot of people feel that way, but I, I feel like we're in the minority when we say dial it back, Matt Hardy, because the Internet goes absolutely ballistic over time, everything he does. So so this was interesting. And to see it in action and then to see Sammy Guevara come out and have a ladders and chairs moment with with Matt Hardy was was something special. I, I am excited about this matchup. He hit him so damn hard with that chair. He did not mean to do that. Mm -mm. Did you see and his that, reaction? He was like, mother. Yeah. Mother, he he no. straight up, when he got up on the stage, so, so set the tone here, everybody. Um, Matt Hardy, known for his ladders and chairs and all that shit. And Sammy Gabar, this young kid, 22, 23 years old, flippy floppies. And uh, and so they got into it. They're fighting. Bah, 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 back and forth, right? Setting up a match in the future. It's just a promo. It's just a promo segment. And yeah. and you got yourself. Uh, Matt slams Sammy through a table. Sammy grabs a chair and throws it like a baseball directly at Matt Hardy. And Hardy didn't get his hands up fast. Not fast enough. And he caught him square in the forehead with the edge of a chair. It busted him open so bad that he was bleeding purple blood. I mean, we're talking the deepest color blood that comes out of a head. It was not a blade job, and it, it happens so fast. Sammy then gets up and goes around, puts him on a table, and gets up and goes around to the stage to jump down through the table. And when he looked down at Matt Hardy and the amount of blood coming out of his head, he was like, you could tell he, he was like, I fucked up. I fucked yeah. up. And then... He continued to do his job, which was a triple-tier cannonball flip thingy straight through Matt Hardy, which also, which also looked like it hurt. That was all. He he did a full 450 splash, tucked his head, and then beard him with jaw mm. in his leg. He missed he missed the body, but it looked like it hit his legs, like the thighs yeah. on his leg. And it, oh man, it looked like it fucking hurt. It just looked like it hurt. The whole so segment was amazing. And I don't know. I mean, all I know is that this was my promo of the night. This was my high spot of the night. And this was my bump of the night. Okay. I, I you know. I want to well, say, yeah. I want to say that the debate was my promo, but. I already know that match is going to happen, and I, I, I kind of feel like I know the storyline and where it's going to go. I mean, maybe Jericho wins that one, 
and the second match, but I feel like we're going to see a trilogy fight here between uh, Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy. So as far as as uh, promos go, it was good. But mm-hmm. but this promo, this promo was fucking legit. It was fucking yeah. legit. It's a true promo one-on-one between mid-carters, upper mid-carters, trying to mm-hmm. sell a story. And I want to see this matchup more than I want to see the next Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho match. Not that I don't want to see it, but I want to see this one more because this is the kind of match I like to see. And do you think it needs to be, can it be a regular match or does it have to be a street fight? Uh, I'm okay with if it turns into like a TLC type match. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a street fight. I want to be in the ring. And that's why I'm happy Matt Hardy is Matt Hardy because I don't want Damascus or any of that stupid shit. I just want Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara pulling off all the stops and probably giving us one of the best matches that AEW will have ever had at that point. I think these two have it in them to do it. I actually agree with you 100% on that one. I like that. At the end of that match... It could be a it could be a crapshoot, but at the end of that match, we could be like, "Holy shit, that's one of the best matches in the history of wrestling." Those two have the right. ability to do it. Now, two things I wanted to touch on because it has something to do with Sammy Guevara and what was going on. So this this AEW, from what I've seen so far of of this of, of this show, there was two main topics or kind of concerns or whatever one being there was a lot of blood a lot of blood this, yeah this, this dying. i don't i don't think matt hardy was supposed to bleed not like that i don't think that, he was supposed that, to bleed at all i mean he he wasn't set up to blade or anything he just bled he was laying yeah. on a table it was a setup for him to jump through the, the cannonball i mean I but yeah i mean john moxley and darby allen there was some blood in that match there was some blood in the, the six-man tag match. Now, I believe if you get hit with the belt, you bleed. So I'm okay with, with Moxley. Okay. If, you get, if you get hit in the head with the belt in an attempt to, to, to cheat to win with the, with the championship belt, that kind of has always been you, you bleed for that because that's the fucking belt. That's supposed to be one of the worst things you can get hit with in the kayfabe world of, a, of wrestling. Right. What's up, you know, Buddhist? How you doing? And they used to use uh, the ring bell. They used to, I mean, before steel chairs and everything. I mean, steel chairs and ring bells. That used to be the thing, um, but now you get the 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 belt. Whenever that that was those frequent inf- infrequently used, and when it happened, you know, Hogan would get hit or whatever blood everywhere. And so I yeah. I agree with that one. Who else bled? And, uh, so John Moxley bled. Darby Allen bled. Um, M- Matt Hardy and. Was it Trent or or uh, Chucky T? One of them didn't one of those guys bleed, or Santana? One of one of those three bled. I know. I, I, yeah, I don't recall which one it was. Okay, but the other the other thing I wanted to get into was it was blood and picture in picture. Mm-hmm. Enough with picture in picture, man. I don't know if it makes a, make you guys a lot of money or whatnot, but it is fucking distracting, and you guys don't know how to use it. Yeah, I mean just. Go to a picture-in-picture and completely stop talking. Stop doing that. We want you to commentate the match even though we're not listening. Because when some people get the matches on on YouTube or get them on the internet or whatever, we hear that you don't speak. And it sucks. 
It I'm really fucking sucks. We that want feels... conversation the whole thing, the whole time. The yeah, whole keep, time. just keep keep commentary, even if you're not on live TV. Right. And my best promo, but I thought the best promo of the night was the one time they actually used picture in picture correctly was right before the debate where Sammy Guevara came out and he was doing the cue cards. Yes, during that was picture. great. That's how you use picture in picture. It was yep. silent, didn't need anything. You and it went the whole commercial break until it got back. That's yeah. how you use something like that. And you don't use it every damn commercial break. Please stop doing that. Yeah, I'd rather I thought have that was all commercials or not. Just maybe one or one or two. Yeah, maybe but, because, two picture in picture. Because we know it's not like we're getting extra wrestling. I mean, a lot of the stuff is, is flat. It's very um they know they're in commercial breaks so they don't go balls to the wall. Every once in a while they'll do one or two moves, but nothing too crazy. Uh, I'm with you. Um, now, this this was just an amazing segment to set up that matchup. But then it, it brings us into the Dark Order: Silver and Reynolds versus Cody Rhodes and Matt Cardona. And uh, I gotta Zach say, Ryder. Zach Ryder, he's, he, Jr. almost said it. He said, "Oh, I gotta watch myself. I want to call him another name." And then Tony Schiavone's like, "Don't do that. Probably get sued." <laughs> <laughs> um, but Matt Cardona. Must have been watching a whole lot of Babyface in the heel because did you see his outfit in his intro video? No, I didn't. What was it? I didn't. See I mean, that it was pink and baby blue. Ooh. The whole thing. So Cardona, welcome to the show. You have now been uh, formally greeted by Babyface in the heel. We like you. Uh, you look a lot like the other guy from FTR. I mean, you guys look like brothers. So but he's I don't know. A lot bigger. He's a lot. He's bigger. a lot bigger man, um, but and that ain't a bad thing that you look like the guy. It's just for us, uh, you know, some of us idiots are a little bit confused. You know, like the <laughs> alpha, he was a little confused. He had no idea that you weren't the guy from FTR when when you came out. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, now, I what knew. did you think about this match? What did you think about this match? I was happy with this matchup. Again, it's another tag team matchup, uh, kind of that filler thing that I was saying. It's not a filler. It's still progression story, but uh, you know, we knew the outcome of this one. Uh, I do have in my notes that this matchup was way too hard for these two, but it was a it was a good way to give Matt Cardona a good 15 minutes on on TV, uh, and give Cody Rhodes 15 minutes. And if you watch Being the Elite, um, they were setting these two up for a squash match. Uh, that was the joke, and they were real excited. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't a squash match because uh, Silver and Reynolds got off way more offense than I would have liked to see in this matchup. It was weird. It was. I was like, "Are they gonna win?" I was like, "I, I actually thought that they could have went over for for a second. Like they're gonna build Cody and Cardona to to just you know be that losing tag team, and that's where you see the rift between them two. Yeah. Because one one thing I I am going to make crystal clear here: Matt Cardona cannot be the same character he was his whole career. He what was his character before? I don't even know. I don't know much about him. His, you remember back in WWE, the good old days, the Attitude Era. Remember Scotty Too Hotty? Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, he was like Scotty Too Hotty? He looked just like him a little bit, but bigger. He was he was kind of jersey shored up, you know. Yeah, but did he at, dance and shit? No, he did this whole fist pump thing. Like, it, he, he used to call it like woo-woos. And... It it would it would work, 
it would get the crowd going, but it, you can't be a good guy your whole career. I mean, and be, I hate to use this word because he's, he's, he's not really, but you can't be flat there your whole year and be a good guy too. You got to have some dynamic, some depth, yeah. some, something. And this is the time to do it. This is the time to revamp your whole character. I mean, don't come in and be Zack Ryder 2.0. Just because it seems to be the common theme for Jimmy T to say, what if Adam Page ain't a horseman, and what if it's Cody and Cardona and FTR? That wouldn't work. Why not? The reason, unless Matt had, unless Cardona has this dark side that hasn't been revealed yet, anybody can do anything in one day. It's wrestling. That is true, but. And I, I know that these submit. two are best friends, right? Cardona and Cody, are, I don't know, best friends, but they're very close friends uh, behind right. the scenes. And they actually had a Twitter thing. It was a joke, but when Cardona got fired, he tweeted something about would love to go to AEW, and then Cody replied to it like, yeah, it'd be awesome to have you, but uh, nope. And he was like, oh, shit. And yeah, well, obviously that was... When you know, AEW first came to fruition, they asked him, who, was, who would be your number one uh, signed person for WWE? And he said immediately Zack Ryder. Yep. Immediately Zack Ryder. He said it, Cody and, said his favorite matchup ever was losing the belt to Zack Ryder. Intercontinental. Right. So. Now, the reason that he likes Zack Ryder so much is that Zack Ryder was able to get himself over when the internet first started. Which is great. And I mean, I understand that you don't want to make this guy, Matt Cardona, a a bad guy right off the jump and it has to be a little bit of a, a a fall or whatever. But I think bad guy is where this, this guy needs to go. I can see him as a super cocky douchebag type bad guy. Something like that. Be, give me something, something different. I want to see something different. Yes. This was a good match. He's a really big dude, a lot bigger than I anticipated him to be. He looks bigger than he, he looks bigger than Wardlow. I was like, it, it, I was like, John Silver and Alex Reynolds are either really, really small. They are Matt. really, they are really small. John Silver, the littler one with the beard, um, he's really small. I mean, he looks. Uh, I was like, damn, WWE must have some humongous people. John Silver is five foot four. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This was done on purpose then to make him look yeah way bigger than he did. Okay. Damn, Zach or John Silver? Now Zach Ryder's Zach Ryder's only six two. Oh man, wow! He did look yeah, at least six five, six six. Cody Rhodes only six one. Because <laughs> my uh, my my girl was looking at when we were watching the show. She goes, "Good lord, he's a big guy." <laughs> I was like, now look at yeah. this. Dust Dustin Rhodes is six foot six. Matt Hardy is six foot two. Did you did you think that Matt Hardy is bigger than Cody Rhodes? No, I always thought and Matt Hardy was smaller. Matt Hardy and Zack Ryder are the same height. Oh, that blows me that... away. <laughs> so mm. there you go. There's some drop knowledge. Holy shit! Uh, so this, I think this was a good intro match. Um, I don't know what it did for the storyline at all. Nothing, I don't think. It didn't do anything for any storyline at all other than introduce us to Cardona, which is okay. Uh, we needed to be introduced to him. Um, I don't know where he's going to fit in. 
And so I'm interested to see what they decide and where they decide to fit him in. Right. And now do you think, do you think um, Cody is doing this to protect Matt Cardona because of what happened with him and Sean Spears when he brought Sean Spears in and immediately made him a bad guy? And then it just fell flat and fell off really fast. Possibly. I mean, I don't know what his history with Sean Spears, if it's like if they're truly friends, um, you know, if there's more to that. I don't know what the inner circle is for Cody Rhodes' real life, other than what I saw he talking about how uh, Cardona is a real life friend of his. Um, I, I Maybe Sean Spears, you know, some people just aren't the hardest workers in the world. And I don't know what Sean Spears' problem is. Um, but either he's too easygoing and willing to sit the bench every once in a while and uh, not as hungry maybe as some of the other guys or maybe maybe personality-wise maybe too shy or maybe he doesn't perform like they want him to so he's never at that level they need him at um, right. because he's the guy who I enjoy watching him. I think Sean Spears puts on a good show. I like the character. I like all the stuff, the Tully Blanchard, all of it. Um but there's something holding him back, and I don't know. I don't see anything on television that holds him back. So maybe there's something personal, or or maybe um, maybe it's just not his day. Maybe it's just you know maybe his storyline's coming up. But I feel like yeah. he's one of the guys that helped make AEW where it is today, and should get rewarded for that before people like Matt Cardona. I do. Uh, Matt Cardona might be Cody Rhodes' best friend, but if Cody Rhodes gives Matt Cardona a push before he gives someone like Sean Spears or MJF a, a real push, you're going to start to see that animosity build up in AEW just like everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so they got a delicate, they got a delicate uh, firewalk they got to do here uh, where they need to get did the... See, did you see what happened at the end of this match? After, uh, after oh, all, so after Matt Cardona oh, won... Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky came out and he mm -hmm. was... He was he was a uh, clamoring for a title shot, and he's gonna get it. He gets it next week, now, which I like. I also, I also think this is a little funny too. That if you look at you know how they're doing these uh, action figures, right? Yeah. Look at the waves of action figures that are coming out. That's I who's gonna get your pushes. And Scorpio yeah. Sky is coming out with one. Scorpio really? Sky's gonna, yep. Scorpio Sky is gonna be an action figure soon. What about what about the other two? Nope, you don't see them at all. All right, so we got ourselves. Um, let's see, you can get There's a set of seven waves. So you got Kenny Omega in wave one. We got Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Brandon Rhodes, the Young mm -hmm. Bucks, and Chris Jericho. I I, I see that as the appropriate uh, right first set. wave one. Yep. Um, no. Wave two, three, four, and five are all male wrestlers, and one wave is Jericho again and Kenny Omega again. Like they give them. Okay, characters. here we go. Here we go. Wave two. Wave two. We got ourselves John Moxley, Hangman Page, yeah. MJF, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., and Dustin Rose. I think that's fair as well. I mean, Dustin, just because of the history of it, and he'll sell a lot yeah. of, of action figures, and um, MJF for sure, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Um, I think if they didn't get injured, they might be the champions by now, to be honest. Uh, that's and possible. 
Yeah, Hangman Page. These these action figures look real good, by the way. Yeah, I got I, I got to get me some. Yeah, hundred and forty four dollars for six. I mean, twenty five dollars a pop. We're gonna you know what we're gonna do. Alpha was talking to me about this. He has some good ideas every once in a while. Um, but Rick, we were saying maybe we could get a couple of these and do giveaways for the show. And I think that oh, might be a good cool. idea. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at the price, though, I don't know. Twenty-five dollars. I don't know if any of my fans just deserve any of that. I don't I thought know. Corn paid by the pound, Jimmy T. What it happened? Does. I thought corn it, paid by the pound. It does, but sometimes you run out of pounds. <laughs> um, a little bit of the bubbly exclusive. Let's see, Unrival Two. Where's my Unrival Three? Uh, you got Unrival Three? Well, is that all the figures you've heard? I've heard Scorpio Sky. I've heard Kenny Omega twice. I've heard. Um, well, Kenny Omega's right there. Brandy. Um, the Lucha Bros. Who else was it? Uh, I believe they're doing. Um, who's that guy? Those Lucha Bros look really good. Brody Lee. I think, I think they're doing Brody Lee. And I think they're doing Cole Cabana. Boom, boom. Friend of the show. Yeah, Friend of the you show. You know we're getting Cole Cabana. Man, this Cabana action figures when they come out. This Pentagon Jr. looks good. His tongue looks wet. <laughs> I wish you <laughs> nasty. That's what he's that's what he's doing. And the MJF yeah. one looks looks real. I mean it looks like he's inside that box. <laughs> um I can get some so, of those. Huh? I'm gonna get me some of those. Yeah. So after after this Scorpio Sky challenging Cody for the belt, then we had you know Guevara coming out, did his picture in picture thing we touched on, where yep. he's told, <laughs> where he said, Orange Cassidy, you're gonna lose this debate because Chris Jericho is a master yep. on the mic on the stage. He's a master debater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh man, he, he did it real well, Sammy. And you know, coming out for that after after what he went through with that cannonball flip thing, uh, it was good to see him. I love seeing him back in the mix, a Spanish god. You know, yeah. Uh, he's gonna be. I think, but I don't know who's gonna be the bigger star between MJF and Sammy Guevara. But I mean, those two potentials are just enormous. For, I mean, for real. And there's something to talk about as we go along, not just today, but. Um, you know, this is this is a this is a career. This is a thing. And, and if you look at people like Chris Jericho, who've been doing this 25, 30 years uh, and what he was like 25, 30 years ago, uh, these guys are, are leagues, leagues better. And Jericho yeah. was amazing. So they are at Jericho's. They're near Jericho's level today. MJF is. Um is on such a different level that I don't even know what it would look like for him in 10 years. In 10 years, MJF, as long as he don't screw anything up, could be the biggest name in all of wrestling forever as one of the biggest heels. You know what I mean? Like, he has the ability to be a Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart level name. Yeah. One that you you will never know. You're going to think MJF. Right now, for me, when when you think heel, who do you think of immediately? I mean, MJF is the only one that does it right, right now. Right. But if I said, who's oh. the greatest heel in wrestling right now? 
Well, well that's why that's why I think he would fit the Ric Flair position because I think the greatest heel of all time is Ric Flair. Yeah. And then um, the two names that come to mind is Ric Flair and Triple H and yeah. then MJF. Tri- Triple H isn't even on my radar. I've never liked Triple H and I I don't think personally that he was a good heel. I think he okay. was I think he was gifted everything. And Triple H, when you look at Triple H before he became Stephanie's boyfriend, um, Triple H was just another guy. He was the he was the guy behind Shawn Michaels. I, I don't take away from what he has done. I think he's done a phenomenal job, especially with NXT. And I don't hate him like I used to. But Triple H was booked to be the best heel of all time. His stories yeah. were, were written for him. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair is just the best heel of all time. Well, he's just the best. One of the best personalities entertain. But he was also, and even to this day, he come out there on the ring, and you don't know what you're going to get out of Ric Flair. He does do the good guy every once in a while. But that's the thing with the best heel in the world is you might get a nasty version of him, and more more often than not, you will. Now, when you look at the Hitman, um, I think when the Hitman was a heel, Versus you okay. versus USA, that that was an amazing time where you had the Hart Foundation versus uh, uh, America or or the nation or whoever they did. Um, he would go to Canada and they on Raw and they cheer him like he's Hulk Hogan. Then they'd come oh, yeah. the next week and Raw would be in New York and they'd boo him out of the stadium. That was the most amazing time, and he and his brother were phenomenal heels, phenomenal heels. Kurt Angle. Also, another one that when I think of, of some of the best heels in the business and believe it or not, um, The Rock and Stone Cold, uh, because, yes, they were over as good guys, but both of them had runs as heels. When The Rock was corporate rock, uh, I thought it was. Oh, he, yeah. He, the rock he was when he was rock, it was great. Mm-hmm. When he, he took was amazing. Nation and nation, that was that was the best. Thing. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was just watching that recently where he just like. You know, Ron Simmons is running it, and he's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. And he had the nation take out Ron Simmons. Like, Ron Simmons was the biggest bad guy there was on the roster, and he just come in one day, and he's like, take him out. And they fucking eliminated him, and that was the end of his career, other than until he joined the APA and did that side gig. But that guy was working for a world title shot. Yeah. I hear I hear from, from uh, the internet that Ron Simmons is not a man to fuck with. Yeah, like, I've heard the same thing. Like the APA stuff, there was a lot of yeah, realistic. Uh, yeah, I heard that um, a lot of the stuff that happened with the APA was uh, legit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, so, anyways, so, this de- this debate here. Okay. What did uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this debate and how. Um, Obviously, we said earlier, Eric Bischoff come out to moderate the debate. Um, they just made the announcement. He came in, he sat down, and then they introduced uh, uh, Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Um, you want to talk us through kind of what happened here? So, like you said, Eric, Eric comes out and he's going to read the questions. And he read out some bullshit questions. One being like, um, why is this so important to you? Uh, what's why, do you hate e- he has, why do you hate each other so much? Who's yeah, the better wrestler and the better entertainer? Right. Uh, bo- it's like softballs to Jericho all day long. Mm-hmm. And everybody everybody sees the right on the wall like, oh, this is this is just Jericho's 
version of F you in, in right in your face. This is, uh, what was it? Uh, the, what talk is Jericho with mm-hmm. a mod area. That's all this was. Yep. And, uh, he, he's, he's doing his thing and, and Jericho, Jericho is giving you just enough, just enough for you to like really take it in. This guy's an asshole. And then, uh, then out of nowhere, they ask this environmental question. And he's like, <laughs> what do you think of the rising sea levels? <laughs> yeah. And Jericho looks at Eric Bischoff like, what? This, ain't, this has nothing to do with the match. It's irrelevant. And then real slow. <laughs> grabs the mic. Cassidy grabs the mic and just drops like a whole shit ton of knowledge. Like, oh. Uh, what is it? The rising tides come up every uh, an eighth of an inch every year. This is gonna play into like uh, coastal flooding, and and all the major cities will be underwater, and this and that. And like, gave this real concise, elaborate explanation. Yeah. And he's like, I say about it. It like just blew everybody out of the water. It was perfect. Don. I mean, I I did call. I said two weeks ago or a week ago when they do this debate, he's gonna give us that old school dropping knowledge and he did it was great um and i'm glad i called it i don't know if they used my uh advice so you're welcome again to the writers um but uh so then what happens right so then they ask him why does this match mean so much to you and jericho starts to speak and then he and cassie just leans in he's like shut up jericho Mm -hmm. shut up and and it was done like normally Jericho would just talk over people that did that. And this time he knew that just to be quiet, yep. it, it was Jericho sold it just as well as Cassidy performed it. I agree. And it, and it was because done the, really well because what orange Cassidy said was key. Um, Jericho was talking about embarrassing him in the ring and this and that. And he says, I know what this is. Jericho, I know what this is. You, you, you set up a debate, the guy who talks a lot against the guy who doesn't say a word. I understand you're trying to embarrass me. Well, guess what? I don't care about this. I'm not embarrassed. What I do care about, what I do care about is next week in my match with you because it's going to be the biggest match of my entire life. But you know what? You care about it too because this is the biggest match of your life. And that's when right. he goes in and he, and he starts drilling him about how, you know, it's the biggest match of your life because you might be the guy who lost to the guy who pushed his hands in his pants. And Jericho, <laughs> again, he handles this so well, but Cassidy delivered it perfectly, as, as perfect as I could have hoped he, he would. And I'd love to hear uh, uh, Alpha's. Actually, I don't. I don't care about Alpha. <laughs> I don't want to hear his, his opinion on this, but, uh, you know, if he actually took the time to come on by and say, hey, everybody, I'm the Alpha. I'm here to show up on time. But he ain't. And so I don't yeah. care about his opinion here on this. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Jericho flips out uh, because um, Eric Bischoff then declares Orange Cassidy the winner, right? Yeah, he goes, he goes. That environmental question got me. Cassidy wins, <laughs> <laughs> and then Jericho flips out, and immediately him and Hager just start taking him out and destroy him. Uh, just in time, best best friends come out to 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 stop the destruction. But um, Hager, man, he he put the boots on him. And, oh, uh, Hager, look, I know we're breaking kayfabe, but I mean, Hager beat him up like a big brother. 
I mean, beat the shit. Out of him. He did. It was bad. There's some of them. Some of them were 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 rough. Hard to fake. Hard to yeah. fake shots. Now we understand. We understand that you've seen our show and you know that we wanted that to happen where these two are brother tag team. We understand you're trying to tell us that ain't happening anytime soon. So we, we respect that. We'll, we'll put yeah. that storyline on the back burner. Um, but I do like seeing these two work together. And I do like how, how uh, Orange takes some hits, you know, because these he are sells, real. He sells them good. And, and he, he took the, the, uh, the Judas effect, dropped to the ground. He was on the face, eyes wide open. And, um, you know, so so they both got a win in this one. Cassidy, which is the bait, Jericho gets the last laugh. Yeah. And um, did you did you hear the little line that they had between uh, Jericho and Bischoff where Jericho says, I haven't liked you in, for 22 years, Bischoff. And Bischoff's like, it was 24 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because he liked him for two, right? I, I took that as he was saying there was some time that I did like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was good. What are you, what are you uh, chomping on over there? Is it, is it more liquid? Uh, what the hell is that? Maraschino cherries? It is. But the only reason I'm eating it. The only reason I'm eating it is in the ingredients. It has cherries, water. And corn syrup, as well as high fructose corn syrup. So, <laughs> so corn, corn sent this to me. I'm testing it out, doing a little trial run to see if uh, if this is is part of my diet. And so I've had about six jars of Masterchino cherries today. And so uh, they also corn also sent me some Coca Cola. Oh my god! And I, and I said That's I ain't drinking. Problem. Yeah, I said I ain't drinking it. And they said. Well, it does have that corn syrup in there, so I said, I'll give it a try. Never had it before. I want to drink that corn juice and corn cream corn. But, uh, oh, the cream corn. So this is a little sweet to my liking, but, uh, you know, my cousin put me up to it. He said, try this drink. I tried it. And, uh, you know. So we, we, we got uh, channel points in here, Jimmy T. How many channel points for you to drink drink a shot of cream corn? Uh, I think I think we can get that done. What do you think? We'll have to set that up for another day. Because uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. I haven't streamed enough for anybody to even have channel points. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. How many you got? Right now I got 770. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got to be at least 10,000. Okay. Okay. We can get that. We can get that real quick. I ain't afraid of nope. drinking some corn. I ain't afraid of drinking some I drink some corn. I know you're not. Know you're not. But that if you want to juice though. That pickle juice got you upset. <laughs> that pickle juice made me shit a lot. <laughs> Grandpa, back with that 69K. You know, 69 is a good number because, um, Ricky, I don't know if you know, but when people sometimes love each other. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. You, you, don't need to, you don't need to go any further. So uh, this was a good segment here. I like this debate. Almost almost my promo of the night. Uh, you know, and, and I think you could, you could put a good... Uh, good basis that it is i just really i really like when people work harder and um 
and it's not just scripted form where this is obviously a lot of people, whole team of people kind of encouraging um, the Jericho situation and, and they have a lot of people behind it. And then you got Sammy and Matt just trying to make a situation happen. And and I really am excited about that matchup. But I'm still excited about this matchup. Great promo. Um, not so great was Britt Baker. Now, And I think she's a lot of she, – she's – better when she can back up her actions so i don't i don't fear that she will uh, you know i think she's going to stay around and 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 stay on my high spot but um i like the segment i was okay with the segment but it didn't coincide with the commentary um, that's what i said too the commentary killed this angle they fucking ruined it because what happened here we got Britt baker who's still injured still dealing with uh surgery recovery um she has a handler she calls reba but her name's rebel and Reba, I guess, is her fan. I don't understand Reba's uh, situation. Like, she's like, why so, is she there? So, Reba originally came in, or Rebel originally came into AEW to do hair and makeup. Okay. And, but she's a former wrestler. Yeah, she is a former wrestler. So, uh, what is which that? The, which they, Impact? Yeah. And they talked about this on the show while she's pretending to have never wrestled before in her life. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that was weird. Like, she's over here pretending to, like, she doesn't know what wrestling is. And they're like, oh, it's coming back to her because she used to wrestle years ago. And it really kind of blew the spot. Um, yeah. And I think that this was probably just a miscommunication because AEW does a lot better job than that. And, uh, or, or maybe, maybe the miscommunication was, was Rebel. I don't, I don't know who dropped the ball here, but, you know, she came out pretending like she don't know how to fall. She did a really good job of believing they're making me believe that she had never wrestled before. And then she pulls yeah. off a fucking moonsault, which I wasn't too surprised of, of seeing after they clearly said that she's she used to wrestle a lot. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, they were surprised that she was pretending she didn't know how to wrestle. And where she gets on the top rope and starts shaking like a leaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jared's like, please get down. Just mm-hmm. please get down. Just get down. So, yeah, Reba, Reba had to fight. Uh, Big Swole said if... Uh, or, I'm sorry, um, um, Britt Baker said if she can defeat the person of her choosing, then uh, she'll fight her. And I don't understand that angle either. I think that's just a, you know, it's a filler storyline to get to get her off the shelf. Um, why would she put her handler in that match other than for comedy uh, if she was really too worried about it? But I like the Reba angle. I think Reba's funny, and I think that she helped Britt Baker. I just, I feel like this this whole role model thing is getting a little old because it's the same thing every week and so it will be good to see Britt baker actually back in that ring and then she can continue on because a lot of her humor was impromptu it was improv uh the way she was and her you know the scripted stuff i don't think suits her as well as her just on the mic or being funny in the ring i think she has a nature to that and i'm looking forward to seeing her back in business yeah, me too. Me too. Who do you think goes over here? Big Swole or uh, Britt? Hmm. I think it's 50-50. I mean, you could you could put over Big Swole, but I think you would want to go with Britt Baker to cement her as the top yeah. heel in the women's division. Because, I agree. I mean, because one win over Big Swole, who's gotten a, a bunch of wins, um, right. puts, puts Baker back in the mix like we've been saying. Um, what I could see happening is if they have Aubrey Edwards as the referee and everything Britt Baker, goes back to Aubrey. 
Well, yeah, and then Britt Baker loses and then sets up a fucking argument between Aubrey Edwards and Britt Baker. I think that'd be funny, too. But um, but she's I feel like she's been out for a while now, and it has been a while. Because yeah, she got injured. Bad. There was that pay-per-view, right, where she tagged up with, uh, or it was after the pay-per-view, right after the pay-per-view. Yeah, we're was, talking uh, about three, three, four months. Yeah, it was a six or six woman tag, and uh, I think she was tagging with Nyla and Nyla Rose or, and Chris and, Statlander gave her a power yeah. bomb or power slam onto her leg, and it was yeah. Nyla Rose that broke her leg, but not her fault because it was just her body. <laughs> Too big a body. Mm-hmm. There's a whole um, lot of whole lot of person to fall on that leg. Now, one thing we didn't see in this, other than Britt Baker and uh, Reba versus Big Spole, was that was it for the women's division here on uh, on this version of Dynamite. I was interested. I was surprised to see uh, no real women's matches because they've been really tearing it up lately. And so they're doing the, the tag team tournament on the side. They really didn't get too much into that uh, on this show. It was a pretty stacked have. show. They should have, though, because that, I'm excited about that tournament and what Jimmy says goes. And so... I'm, you know, I'm telling you right now, Tony, let's hear about it next week, okay? And I know you will. I know you will. But, Ricky. Yeah, you got, got to put something in there. Go ahead. This what? this sets this sets us up for Moxley versus Darby. And I'll tell you, I don't like either one of these guys. Okay? Okay. I could do without them. Explain but this yourself. But, well, I mean, I just say Darby Allen, 125-pound emo kid. And, uh, you know, I, I I understand that people like Moxley. I don't, I don't okay. get them. I never have. And, uh, I feel like if people who like Moxley grew up, like I grew up and got to see the stone colds, the real ones, they'd understand that Mox is a watered down stone cold. And I haven't, I've not followed this man's career. Okay. I've only seen, uh, the tail end of his WWE career. And I've only seen what I've seen in AEW and I don't hate him. And I like his style and I like his matches. I just don't see him as the pinnacle. I don't see him as the go-to guy with the belt. I don't buy it. I don't believe it. And I believe that someone like MJF should be wearing that belt. However, these two should be attacking. Hmm. That and could, I'd be, that could, that be could completely work. comfortable with them having the tag straps. I do see Darby going on the, the TNT title path one day, but um, but these two are good wrestlers. They're, they're good wrestlers. I just don't, I don't like the whiny baby style. I've never have, so I don't like the Darby Allen, uh, you know, I'm going to sit in the corner like Raven. I always joke about it, but I don't like that. For real, I don't like that. Right. And the Moxley, I've got a chip on my shoulder. Well, who's giving him the fucking chip? You got the belt, okay? We know it's contract thing. And and so stop acting like you're the fucking underdog is my point, you know, and there's a difference like like with with any champion I can think of, whether the Rock, the Hogan, the, you know, holding the belt. It wasn't like at any chance, like the, the everyone's out to get them and oh, I just have to fucking keep crawling and digging and 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 begging and you know everyone's just out to get me. fucking shut up you got the belt be the champ act like the right. champ you know he says oh this is for all of you stop it just fucking put the belt on and be the biggest fucking guy not in size but in 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 in, 
in presence. Okay, you got the best YouTube views in all of AEW. Good for you. Okay, make me believe it. Make me believe that you believe you should be champion. Because right now, it feels like you second-guess yourself that you don't think you're good enough to be champion and that you've got that belt and you're trying to prove to yourself that you should be. Stop it. Hogan did not ever look at that belt and make you think he was unsure of himself. Bret Hart, Stone Cold, uh-uh, it's his belt. I don't feel that, like that with Moxley. But that's that's where Moxley, it, it, that's where his character demands he, he be. <laughs> um, but he's also given a silver spoon. Yeah, that because he was the biggest sign at the time, and mm-hmm. and this is this is the payoff from that. Okay? Yeah, but his payoff's been going on a long time. It has, it has, and and to MJF's credit, he's pointing this out. Yeah, and MJF's uh, dead on. I, I I believe that Mox is probably a decent guy, and probably funny, and and a lot of things, and and a hard worker. I don't doubt any of that. But either he comes out and makes me believe that he believes it, that he should have that belt, or he shouldn't have that belt. Any champion, whether it be David Arquette or Jimmy T or Virgil, has to believe it in themselves that they should be the champion. And that when you were talking about MJF earlier and his campaign to be the champion, I believe that MJF, the actor, the person playing the character, believes he's earned it already. Knows he's the best and wants that belt around his waist because he knows he represents AEW as best as possible. I don't believe Moxley believes in AEW. But this is what I'm saying with like MJF. What I'm saying with Moxley is his his character demands that he question himself because his character is always on edge. It's always on edge of where. Not sanity, kind of. But, I would rather you know. see that aspect of Moxley, of the insane and not the doubtful. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I, I get what you're saying. But he, he um, Moxley is is more like the, he's trying to be the every man, yeah. like the working I don't, man. And I, I know you see Stone Cold when you, when you see that portion of him. But Stone Cold... It's not. It's, it. It doesn't work anymore. Stone Cold doesn't work anymore because Stone Cold the, could work. Stone Cold could come out and make Moxley cry in the ring. Right now, but that's because yeah. of what Stone Cold did before. If the mm-hmm. Stone Cold character came out and you had no idea that Stone Cold, who Stone Cold was, it would not work today. You know why it would? Because Stone Cold, the persona, was larger than the person. And that persona was believable. And anybody could do anything at any time. It is. It comes down to the belief in themselves. I'm saying the culture has changed today. And Moxley is playing well, to that cult. Yeah, and that's probably why I think it's a bit like a bitch. I'm not I'm saying gonna, that that's not yeah. true, but... That's I mean, that's just being me. That's just Jimmy T being Jimmy T, right? I think that... Uh, it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to have fucking guns. It's okay to yell. It's okay to tell people to shut the fuck up. Okay? As long as you can back all that up. And Stone Cold, he backed it up in the ring. They gave him the storyline to do so. I mean, we're talking like it is. It's the way it went. He got written in. And when he lost, he lost. But when he lost, it you know, 
it was significant. Sometimes he'd get pinned, sometimes he'd get disqualified. But Stone Cold stayed Stone Cold throughout his entire career. And he could come back today. He could walk in that ring with Moxley. And he would bury Moxley in an interview, in a promo, in a back and forth. So easy. Because that's what Stone Cold does. Because he believes it. And, and when he turns on his character, he doesn't give in. He knows he's the best and baddest man there. Even though his knees are broken. Even though... He's in the ring against someone who could truly beat the shit out of him. You believe him. You believe him. Himself. I get that. Because he believes himself. That. And so that's, I think, one of the things I miss. I think I, will, I would say that if you're, if you're trying to tie in real life to, to wrestle in life, Moxley's failure in WWE, or whatever that failure is, the reason he's no longer there, whether he wanted to leave or he felt he was, uh, wasn't treated well or whatever, right? Whatever, if it wasn't a failure, it was a it was a a, a stepping stone into AEW. Um, I, I would imagine that there is a chip on his shoulder for real, that his friends Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins get the silver spoon shoved so far up their ass it's coming out their mouth, and it probably pisses them off because they're probably making a lot of money <laughs> still. And he has to fight a lot harder for that money in AEW. He has to work a lot more than than a Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns. And I bet that the work he has to do in AEW is more difficult because you're going against people who don't have the same uh, skill set in the ring. And the skill set being able to carry a scripted match the way WWE wrestlers can. It's a very tedious process from what I understand. And in AEW, it's... In the AEW, what would you think about that? What's that? I said, what do you think about Roman Reigns coming to AEW. Well, Roman Reigns could do anything as long as he was willing to change his character up. So I don't believe Roman Reigns is believing in himself either. But I'm going to tell you right now, the ultimate gimmick for Roman Reigns, I called it a year and a half, two years, maybe even four years ago now. Um, I didn't know who Roman Reigns was. I stopped watching wrestling for a long time. My buddy says... My friend actually named his son Roman after Roman Reigns. And he loved him. He said, oh, I love Roman Reigns. Watch this guy. I watched him. Eh. I watched him once. I said, that guy's the worst wrestler I've ever seen. <laughs> I said, he looks he, he looks like The Rock. He says, that's The Rock's cousin or whatever. And I said, oh, well, I got a gimmick for him. Okay. Roman, Roman Reigns, he getting booed out of the sky. But he's supposed to be cheered like Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon wanted this guy over so bad that it took leukemia to get him over and cheered. And, and that's Got a it. shoot. Okay. He's somehow cured from leukemia and he's back in the ring. And, uh, you know, he's just another member of the, the, the organization now. But Roman Reigns was pushed since day one to be the next big thing. The next rock, yeah. the next whatever. And I said, if you want to get us as viewers to believe it, we got to have a journey with Roman Reigns. What was his journey? I asked my friend. And my friend told me the journey. Well, he's a guy. Come out now. He's part of this team. Uh, they're part of the Shield. And then the Shield broke up. And now he's on his. No, where's the journey? Where's the journey? Take us on a journey. The Rock took us on a journey. He'd come out. He'd tell us a little bit. He'd give us some humor. He'd give us some matches. And, you know, but we knew his goal. We also got to believe that it wasn't always about the belt as much as it was about that journey he was taking with his opponent the story he, he brought well what if roman reigns hits his head a little too hard 
and he's out for a week or two weeks, three weeks, a month. Okay. And, and Roman Maivia comes out. Holy shit! Shut the fuck up. No, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. What Tassels if? And all? <clears throat> yes. Yes. The yes. whole gimmick. The whole gimmick, and he just comes out, and they don't tell him a word. They don't tell anybody. No one, not of the other wrestlers or anything. And he comes out his first matchup as Roman Maivia, and playing dumb, airhead, like he don't know this is a joke. Fucking got the hair for it and everything, right? And you know they and, and they sell it. Fucking put Vince McMahon on the on the on the commentary too. It's Roman Maivia, you know. Everyone sell it like it's real. And then you have the other wrestlers like, what the fuck is this? Roman, what's going on? And, you know, but then he takes another bump. And he comes out and he's the next iteration of The Rock. And he starts to put together, like they were talking about putting together the Nation of Domination again. I don't know if you saw this. And uh, the uh, MVP called it off. I'm telling you, I told I, I Thank God. Yes, I agree. I agree. But. You could do it for a week, right? You could have Roman Reigns come out and interrupt uh, MVP, and he come on out and he starts telling them what to do, you know, like he's the Rock, but the Nation Rock, turn turn heel, and and then oh. they beat the shit out of him. But every week he gets he gets hit, and he goes through another iteration of the Rock, right? <laughs> to the point where it's obvious, right? We all know what he's doing, and we just can't wait to see. And he has to take himself less seriously is my point. And this could last a week or, or six months. Yeah. But you get to the point where he even pulls the mic out. And he says, if you smell what Roman's cooking. And <laughs> and and you get it. People are booing him. And he is accepting the boos. And then the fucking music hits. And the rock comes on out for real. And you <laughs> And you give him a match against the rock one final match for rocky Maivia. <laughs> for real for real and and you you put the rock over with roman reigns decisively decisively you have the rock defeat him stand him up smack him in the face and tell him to snap out of it you're the man who's going to be carrying this company for the next 10 years they've tried after Snap the, the fuck out. Destroys him? Yeah. Destroys okay. him. Well, I mean, it's a match, but you have him win decisively. I don't know if it's the destruction, but you have okay. the rock pin him clean. You don't have any fucking bullshit. Give him the rock bottom. One, two, three. You don't have Roman Reigns do his whole roll around on the ground for 10 minutes like, oh, what happened? Because Roman Reigns plays too much to the I'm going to get defeated and then I might pull off a win at the end. And you have the rock stand him up and say, stand up straight. You've got the rock's blood in you. And I'm not a failure and you're not a failure. You've overcome leukemia. You've overcome all this shit. Stop being me and be you. And the crowd fucking feels it. And Roman Reigns looks around and he does the eyebrow and then the rock smacks him. And then they laugh. <laughs> That's but, a decent so, story. That's a decent that, story. But think about that. that. Now you have a journey you've gone through with, with Roman that was silly. We got to laugh. We got to have fun. We got to 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 to, to wonder who's going to win, and then to see the Rock get over, to know that Roman had to do it, and then the Rock passed that torch. Like it's time for you to straighten the fuck up, okay? Don't worry about right. whether they like you. Fuck them. 
Don't worry about if Vince has been carrying your ass and putting you up. It's up to you to win them over, good or bad. Babyface or heel. They got to right. believe you, Roman Reigns. That's the storyline that would take Roman Reigns from where he's at and eliminate all the shit that people hate about him and you put him up. And then if he can't do it at that point, it's over for him. He'll never be. Well, this is the thing. Roman Reigns never got a chance to fail. He never really failed. And that that's like Seth Rollins failed when he fucked up with Sting. Do you he know failed. how many members of the Fatu or what's the actual name? Um, the the Samoan, the, the Maya Via and the um, Samoan uh, Anoy, the Anoy, the, the A-N-A-O-I. There are so many members of yeah. the Anoy family mm-hmm. in WWE since WWE existed. Yeah. And Roman Reigns is just another one. Now oh. he's on he's on the Mayavia side. And the family was Holy brought together. Shit. Holy shit. You better highlight that message. Ah! I've been joking the whole time. Fuck Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so no, but for real, there's so many of them and, and they all are gifted. They're all given. The spotlight. You got the the what's the 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 brothers there, the tag team. Um, oh, they could go to jail every week. Usos. They go to jail. They do really bad shit in real life, right? Constantly doing stupid shit, driving drunk, this and that, and constantly yeah. getting title shots and always put in there. Why? It's because of this bond that Vince McMahon has with the Anoy family. It's kind of like they're part of the upper production and the the storylines automatic. Kind of like Cody Rhodes being uh, in the top of. I mean, it's because the truth. That's the only reason Nia Jax is still allowed to wrestle. Nia Jax, but you also got Jimmy Snooker's daughter. You also got, um, uh, well, again, the, the Annoy family, the, for real, uh, had a blood pact, I guess they call it, like a blood brother thing. They weren't really brothers, but Rocky Maivia, his father, uh, and then his grandfather, um, they had a blood pact. So they're considered brothers, but they're not really. Whereas on the Annoy side, Yokozuna, the headhunters, um, the wild Samoans, all of them, they're all, any Samoan person you see, unless it was Haku, is part of that family. And Haku was not. And Haku right. got promoted, but he also got fired. Those other guys don't get fired. You don't see them going to other federations. So, mm-hmm. all I'm saying, and, and we got off on the wrong foot here, we're talking about uh, WWE, but... Um, but the reality is you take someone like Roman, and, and I could do this with anybody because Jimmy T knows the whole thing about everybody and anybody. I could get you a superstar in a heartbeat, okay? Anybody but Eddie Kingston, right? Who? Exactly. <laughs> 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 the reality is I could put your Eddie Kingston running this Latino group, what they call LAX, Latino um, American Exchange. Uh, I think yeah. you bring that team right in. I think you do. I think Diamante yeah, is good enough. Diamante. Yep. And and you bring up a couple others. There's been a couple others out there. Uh, but I also believe, I also believe AEW needs to bring in Marty the Moth. And I'm not just saying that because I've become a friend of his over here on Twitch. Marty the Moth Casals. I watched a bunch of his matches. You got this Aztec pride. You got this guy. He's a monster in the ring. He puts on a good match. And you got uh, history in the Lucha Underground. Okay. You got the yeah. Lucha Brothers. And you start building up these teams of people who protect each other. They don't always have to come on out. Kind of like uh, FTR and, and Adam Page. Help each other. Look out for each other every once in a while. You've got to build those those unities and those packs, even if it's just written into the storyline. 
they're doing this in AEW. Now, some of it's a joke. The, the, the Four Horsemen might be a joke. Might be real. I hope, I hope. I hope it's I real. But, but you know, they're doing it in a way. You know, you, you're seeing, um, I think, next week, uh, the Jungle Express is getting uh, Jurassic Express. They're getting a title shot, I think. And they get it? I think so. I think I saw that. Okay. Wow. Um, and, you know, uh, I'd like to see that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's... They need this other show. They need a third hour or they need a, a second show to, to develop even more story. Um, I I've been watching. Show. I don't want a third hour. I just want a second show. I do too. I want a second show because I believe that one of the problems that killed WWE in the law, it was a long death. And I say killed because WWE just ain't good anymore. The storylines yeah. suck. They're terrible. It's not worth watching. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible product. Even though one of my friends, do you know this guy, uh, Ivar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there. He's a friend of mine, and I don't even I don't even watch it because they they shoot him down. I was watching it when they gave them a chance. That's a believable tag team. Been together for fucking ten years, put on a good moves, and you give them the belt for a week, and you take it off them, and you give it to Jobbers, and then you give it to another you know, t people aren't even yeah. a team. Um, it's just terrible writing, and for that I, yeah. I I stand by. I say I'll watch the clips, but uh, then they do this Fight Club. I don't know if you've seen this. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, it it's just weird. Yeah, it was it was so bad that that myself and every other like podcast or wrestling show that I watched, they all said, "What the fuck what? was that?" What? The and I mean, they didn't even, they didn't say it was bad. They didn't say it was good. It was just like, just what the fuck? What the, Look, why? this is the problem with when you take someone like John Moxley and you start saying he's got a, a, a MMA background. So when he's fighting Hager. Oh, he can put him in an arm bar. Uh, it's stupid. You can do that with certain people. You can't do that with everybody. Well, even if you do that with anybody who's not really a fucking MMA fighter, even if Moxley could be, we know he isn't. We know, we know it's right. fake wrestling. Okay, we know this is skill set. This is an acting gig. We know. So yeah. when they come out and they have Shane McMahon have an underground ring, I. Okay, look, look, we can't get into that. We can't. Let's let's drop that shit. It's the most dumbest shit I've yeah. ever, ever. It seen. just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense how they do this, and um, and that's the reason. But I was going to say that's the reason why wrestling in WWE is terrible because they 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 pull out these things where it's like we're going to put this, and now how do you put someone over? Made you have stick. Eric. Eric gives a move every match he's in. He runs and throws a knee strike and screams in the opponent's face. Right. He does it in the underground, and it's considered a knockout. Match over. Yeah. Just you know, He does that move every week, and it doesn't finish the match. Now, all of a sudden, it's in a dark room with no ropes, and it says it's a killer. And so I love Eric. I mean, he's, Eric's a hardworking guy. I want to see him and, uh, you know, him and Ivar over there in uh, AEW actually get some tag team matches in. But um, going into this, this Moxley thing, um, and I know we took a really big sidetrack. I don't know why, Ricky, you allowed that, but if we just had a goddamn referee. I'm trying to get you back on track, but every time I say no, you you bring it back in. I don't have my referee shirt on today, so don't have the power. I to told you. I, should. I told I'm you we'd saying. have problems. I told you we'd have problems by the end of this. I know. You just, you just love ah. to fuck with me. But anyway, no, I just John got, Grampy back. Was a good match. All right, Darby it was. Allen threw 
himself all over the damn ring. Like mm-hmm. he was a long dart. And then did you like I like the little little things in this match where Darby put his put John Moxley's hand on top of the yeah on top of the thing and stepped on it and took the little cap cover off and yep just something off. you'd be like oh that would fucking hurt <laughs> yeah, yeah I love that shit yep. Moxley was also very stiff I mean uh, more so than normal uh, obviously they wrote that in be as stiff as possible um, I don't know if if um, Sammy got that memo and accidentally maybe they accidentally stiff sent it to Sammy and said be as stiff as possible but he lit up Darby Allen that first first five minutes yeah he he, well yeah first five minutes he was tossing around like a can of garbage he um he kept smacking them and then they smacked each other but every time Moxley smacked Darby it was legit and then Darby's like tap um I'm like oh oh and then Moxley punched Darby did you see that and it actually caused blood to come out his mouth you're right Darby did bleed and and it was from a real a real punch to the face by Moxley. Yeah, but but did you see the receipt that Darby gave you, Moxley? I mean, I saw a bunch of receipts. Which one are you referring to? So it was like it was when Darby was coming back, and he he bounced off the ropes and tried to do like a back elbow, but he headbutted him instead. Did you oh, see that, dude? I have that written down. That he went to do a coffin drop off the ropes. That. <laughs> That almost ended the match. I don't know if you realize how close that was to ending the matchup. He does a fucking flying coffin drop and cracked him in the head to the point where every rest or the referee and and they all had to huddle up to make yeah. sure. And and Moxley was Moxley was fucking hurt. Yeah, he was. Because he, he the way he, yeah he like he, he the way he reacted, you could tell he got. You ever hit your head? You get that smell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's that, like, hmm, that's like a concussion. That's close to a concussion. Moxley yeah. got that. You could tell he was like, what the fuck? And then Darby goes up and does the coffin drop off the top rope into a guard. How did that not hurt his nuts? Uh, let me just ask that question. That was my bump of the week. Is John yeah. Mox's balls taking <laughs> Darby out of the top rope? Holy crap, man. Yeah. And he caught him, put him in a chokehold. He had oh. to been wearing a, a cup. Or he don't have no nuts, cause that that was I saw that I said holy shit, coffin drop into a fucking back choke, uh, and, and I like the ending. And plus he was also out of his mind, cause he got knocked up uh, with that head head hit. But uh, and then you know he he did a couple of moves. I forget. Walk us through the the very end there, cause he had the the missed so, coffin drop. Okay, so he gets him in the choke, holds him there. Finally, hmm. nothing really comes of it. So it's like, fuck. What do I gotta do now? So he picks him up, slams him hard. I mm-hmm. mean, hard. And then he pins him, and he kicks out. He kicks out, and then Mox is like, holy shit. Oh, my God. So he walks over to the ring or, or the corner and does, like, the whole. Uh, yeah, Elmer he does this. Thing. And then walks over to Darby, picks him up again, and slams him right on his fucking head again. With a pile I mean, driver, right? No, that was the move that he kicked out of. So he tried That's to right. pile driver, and he kicked out of it. Then he went over to the corner, did the Hail Mary thing, walked over, grabbed him up, and did a paradigm shift. But That's the right. paradigm shift, was he was deeper Deep. than he needed to be. <laughs> he had his arms up like this, and the hooks, and, and Darby's limp-ass body was just hanging there, and he lifted him up and brought him straight down. I thought he broke his damn neck. I mean, it looked yeah. heavy. 
it was, he was hurt. He was hurt. Both of them were hurt, hurt, hurt. Yeah. After that match, and then he talked to him at the end. He, he patted him on the head and and uh, talked to him while he was down. You could tell that uh, you, you ever see this. This is a a, a tell actually. The, uh, after every match, a big time match, a lot of wrestlers uh, when it's a when it's a finish where the wrestler's out and sells it. Usually the other wrestler that gets the, the victory that goes over says thank you in a, in a specific way. Some wrestlers do it with just a little touch. Uh, let them know it was great. And uh, Moxley just climbed right on top of him and just was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, that you could tell he was yeah. thankful for that. It was a hell of a match. Um, blood burner or barn burner, whatever JR would say. Um, but he was talking to, to, to Darby, probably telling him for real, like your fucking future here. Keep it up. I know this went, went my way, but in reality, this is going to go your way long run uh, because you're a fucking champ. And, and Darby is a champ. I, I joke and I say that I hate him and I hate Moxley. Um, but, you know, straight shooting, these two are, are fucking gamers. Uh, and they, they always put out the best. And, and, and someone like Ma, uh, Darby, who was unknown before AEW, unless you were into the underground, yeah, has, has become a household name in wrestling. And he was—he's been gone so long from being injured, uh, but when he really gets out and 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 performs, uh, Darby Allen is again—he's going to be in that mix with, with Sammy Guevara and uh, and MJF. The problem with Darby Allen is he is fragile. He is—he is his legs look like twigs, and I want to see Darby bulk up a little bit uh, to be able to sustain his career, and yeah. you know. Because uh, when you look at the Hardy Boys, when they were, were young, they were tiny. They were little guys. And you, you look at Matt Hardy now, he's added the, the bulk, you know, kind of like a, a UFC fighter, right? How they want to look at uh, Anthony Johnson, right? You can see him in the 170s. You see him in the 225. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is extreme. But, but if you look at Darby Allen, you look at Moxley back in 15 years ago. Moxley looked like Darby Allen. For real. Yeah. He looked tiny. And now Moxley looks like a monster next to Darby Allen. So you can condition yourself and, and really noticeable than that night, man. It was really noticeable during Dynamite. And and the couple things that I will say about Moxley and Darby. Darby needs to slow down. Like I like the fast pace, but know when to slow down. You cannot go 190 miles an hour the entire match because then your 190 miles an hour looks like your normal speed. And it diminishes everything. Yeah, you need to learn where to speed it up and slow it down. Take it slow. Be a little bit in, in, mm-hmm. in your have your uh, moments. Have have the, you know when he does the run across the ropes to slide under him, and he does like a he he avoids the ropes by doing a roll yeah. to get his momentum. That stuff right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if he does that the whole time, it's going to be hard to keep up. And longevity of a career. It, it's just natural. Your body breaks down. I mean, these people doing this every day for 25 years, it's not possible to sustain. And so there'll be a day he rolls his ankle doing that shit uh, in a house card or something and uh, will regret it. He does need to pick his spots. He doesn't. Ultimate Warrior wrestled for five minutes for a reason. For real. <laughs> I mean, his matches were five minutes long. Yeah. And now, with John Moxley, okay. Moxley, the one one thing I will say about Moxley, because I like Moxley a lot. I like his character. I like all that. Mm-hmm. He would be so much better as a heel that I think he needs to go that yes. route. Yes, 100%. Like, so much better as a heel. It, it, it just, his whole... 100%. I think he would have more fun. I think he would 
he would thrive better as a heel than trying to be this big sign thing. I think I think this MJF MJF feel, uh, feud will bring that out in him. I hope. Yeah, I agree. I agree that um, not not just a uh, Moxley heel, but a, uh, I, I believe much more so in everything I've been saying about Moxley. Um, seeing a heel version of Moxley where he can he can pretend he's got the chip on his shoulder. But a, a good guy Moxley is unbelievable with the chip on the shoulder to me. No, so you I get don't everything. Know. Yeah. Um Yeah, you, you he needs he either needs to be the underdog baby face working towards something or he needs to be a, a psychopath heel. I agree. Like, and I, I want I want psychopath. I do. I want psychopath. I want that version of uh, John Moxley because I do. I've seen plenty of good fights with him. Him and Omega. That was amazing. And yes. We're going to get watch... that again soon. And I can't I hope wait so. to see Are we, we going to get an Omega Moxley? Yeah. Yeah. We should. We definitely should. I mean, we should, but I'm wondering if we will. Um, yeah. Well, this has been a pretty good show, Rick. Uh, for some reason, I feel like there's just something uh, that makes this thing better. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everybody, I joke every week. I joke every week about uh, the Alpha, but um, I just want to let you all know that I think he's the biggest piece of shit that I've ever smelled. And, um, and I hope, amongst all hopes, that he has choked on a, on a chicken bone and that, <laughs> that he gets coronavirus. And recover. Yep, I want him to recover. I want him to recover. Come on. I just want him to have that thing with his throat where it can't talk too much because I don't want to hear his voice again. Oh my God. Okay. I don't ever want to hear his voice again. Okay. Like it, it's like we get this good thing going and then you take a left turn. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just kidding. Okay. I hope, you know, hopefully next week we get ourselves some alpha back, uh, get some grampy back. Get some Ricky back. <laughs> yeah, fuck Grampy back. <laughs> Grampy back always makes me laugh, man. He come on in here and he make you laugh. Makes me laugh. I just love me some Grampy back. Oh, man. Yeah. He wants me to jump in a kiddie pool of corn if he outpoints me in the fight pick championship. Well, I'll supply the corn. I'll supply the corn. <laughs> Look at this shirt. How many people Look you in. know have this shirt? That is a sponsored shirt right there. Corn Does themselves. It on it? That's gonna Does be it have Jimmy my name? T. Does it have yeah. your name? Jimmy Jay? T. Jersey. Look at it. It spells it in the corn. J. That's right. I see it. I see it. Turn that right and over here. T. Yep. Right there. Right there. Right there. Well, Ricky, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going we're gonna to raid somebody. I'm going to oh, raid. Okay. Yeah. Well, unless you want. Talking, I'll keep talking. No, no, it's okay. I, I don't I have anywhere to go. I got a morning anyway. <laughs> okay. I just figured I'm talking too much, and you're probably like, God damn it. Uh, but I was going to say, uh, I want to raid Quick Select because okay. he came into our chat one time, and I want to remind him of who we are. And I actually brought him to dinner, brought him to dinner one time. Uh, he's got himself, it looks like he's streaming amateur fights, and that's why I chose him. I don't know what that means. That could be uh, Fortnite related, or that could be he's pulling it up on YouTube 
and watching stuff. But he likes to watch stuff on YouTube, and it's fun. And so we're going to give him a little raid. And he's got himself 126 people. So you can go on in there. You can say, Backlog Sancho. And uh, he knows who I am. I bought him chicken wings at Hooters once, for real. True story. <laughs> he don't know who Jimmy T is, though. I want him to. So uh, I'm going to kick this off. We appreciate y'all being here. Uh, Alpha, can't wait for you to have, have y'all back next week so I can kick your ass. And uh, You might be in that screen, Alpha. I, mean, you might have to, I think you've been demoted because we got ourselves two baby faces that look so good. You'd almost think we're related. you can buy Jimmy T's kind of sweet cream corn. Well, let me tell you something. It is dangerously delicious, and it's that kind of sweet corn that you know is going to treat your teeth so, so well. Just take a look at the Jimmy T. You see, I am the corn father, and you can trust me. Jimmy T. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy T. It is cream. It is sweet, and it is corn. And it is so delicious, it coats your teeth just like that toothpaste. It is so fabulous, it makes you shit your pants, and then you burst. Jimmy T. Get yourself cream-style sweet corn from Jimmy T. And it also works as toothpaste. You understand? <laughs>